What do you do when you're facing challenges to remember that God is all there is? How do you apply spiritual principle in the real world? What are your daily spiritual practices? These are the kinds of questions we'll talk about in this show. Your hosts, Leslie and Tracy, will share their experiences, but also want to learn from your insights, your questions, and your suggestions. So, don't just listen in. Call us with your comments. Welcome to Say Yes to Spirit, encouraging you on your spiritual path. Encouraging me on my spiritual path. My name's Leslie, and Tracy is calling in from California. She is in California at a week-long spiritual retreat um, activity that Centers for Spiritual Living have every year. She's actually doing a workshop. And I am doing the switchboard, which is uh, very exciting and something I don't normally do. So we will all be very patient and compassionate with Leslie. And I had Tracy's phone call on the switchboard, but then it dropped. I don't know if that, uh, what that really means. So we'll just kind of continue on and we'll affirm that she will be calling back in and we will see what we see when she does. You know, there's um, each week we have a theme. And this week's theme is purpose. I know. That's right. Uh, that's right. There's Tracy. See, you have no idea what I've said about you while you weren't on there, Tracy. Yes, I do. <laughs> oh, you could hear? Could you hear? No, I, but I just I, can imagine. Imagine, yes, yes. I said good things. I said you were uh, traveling at a, and I, I didn't have the right words. I, I said it was a, a spiritual retreat that the Center for Spiritual Living does each year that you were giving a, a seminar there is that uh, I know basically what it is but tell us where you're where you are and what you're doing. I am right here right now on <laughs> say yes to spirit. That's what's you important. <laughs> and what's our and what's our theme for today? Uh, I believe that it's going to be purpose. Our purpose. Cool. Great. And uh, I, I was I was actually saying as well that I'm working the switchboard, the official switchboard, and I was looking for my theme music for my uh, connect the dots. Do I? It's at, do I have it's the, at the top. <laughs> it's at the top. Okay, very good. Because um, I'm really kind of excited about having theme music. When um, we begin the show, we always try to kind of connect the dots back to last week's topic. And last week's topic was our relationship with God. We had ended a four-week series on relationships, and we had ended yes. it with a relationship with God, right? Is that my correct on that? Yes. Yes. Okay, this, now I found the music. I get to play my music. Okay. Very excited about this. Here comes the Connect the Dots theme. does just make me smile. It just absolutely makes me smile. And I think one of the reasons that I like to connect the dots so much is because it's kind of a theme for my life that things always connect. To kind of become conscious of the connection is really has been an important part of my spiritual program. So verbally connecting the relationship with God to my purpose is a very easy connect the dots for me. I really believe that relationship with God in my life has defined my purpose. And I think in many ways, this is one of the things I hope we get into today. You know, on some level, I have a spiritual belief that our purpose is come full circle in many different ways. It looks many different ways, but at the core of it, it is that relationship with God. I kind of have a spiritual belief that that is the core purpose of being human. So that really fits nicely 
thank you, Tracy, for allowing me to have such an easy connect the dots. Well, um, yes, the universe was taking care of you in every way. (laughs) (laughs) Very good. Very good. So purpose, purpose. When you hear that word, what do you think of, Tracy? So the easy definition that comes to mind immediately is reason for being or reason for existing or reason for living, you know, that one's purpose is its primary reason for creative or for for life expression um, in the big realm. And if we talk about that in the context of saying yes to spirit, then absolutely, you know, my purpose is to be a vessel of God and an incarnation of spirit, a way of <clears throat> what is my unique way of being that represents, you know, that unique life that I have been given. So I think it's a great, um, I think it's a really great topic that we can go a lot of places with. What about you? Are we disconnected? Can you hear me? I think I hung up on you, Tracy. <laughs> I think this whole switchboard thing. <laughs> Can you hear me now, Tracy Brown? Yes, it is an interesting thing I have uh, put in my mind that this switchboard is Tracy Brown's deal, and she's the smart one, and um, that I don't do the electronical piece. And so, therefore, I don't do the electronical piece. So we'll see if she calls back in here if I haven't hung up on her. But um, it's interesting, I can tell a really relevant, real-time story. Those of you who listen to the show know that I teach a class at the Dallas County Women's Jail. I teach throughout the week different classes. And one of the classes that I taught this week um, was a worksheet that at the top of the sheet, it talks about what is my what is my passion, what do I find joy in. And the, they're instructed to just take 10 minutes and just do free writing. What do I feel the biggest high from doing? Is it around people? Is it around animals? Is it around helping? Is it around computers? Is it around doing things outdoors? Is it doing something indoors? Just to be free writing in terms of what what makes me smile, what makes me find joy without any kind of expectation of doing anything with this. And so once they spend that 10 minutes kind of writing that, then the idea is for them to come up with, based on all of that, based on all of that stuff that makes you smile, what is your purpose? What is your mission? What is your personal mission statement, your personal purpose? It uses the word purpose in the worksheet. And I'm always interested to see that a lot of times when you ask someone, you know, what is your purpose, it seems very awkward and strange and people don't have an answer to it. But when you start with the idea of what makes me smile, what makes me feel joy, what makes me excited, then pulling that purpose, oh, well, I clearly see my external purpose is to somehow teach, to somehow work with kids, to somehow be a part of a community where I can work with others towards a big goal of serving or volunteering or something. And and it's like the purpose of their lives is so clear once they do that assignment and look at all the things that they feel excited about that makes them smile and then they can come up with a purpose. And so there's probably 20 women in the in the class at the jail and 
they'd all done all of their writing about what gets them excited, what makes them feel um, joyful, and then to come up with a two-sentence purpose statement. I am a person who is meant to help others. I'm a per- person who is meant to work in the garden. I'm a per- and it's really interesting to see the the joy making a statement about what brings them joy, then turning that into their purpose. And it kind of gives them permission to have a purpose that, you know, isn't just to make an excellent amount of money or to be a good mother. I mean, that can be it, but does that bring you joy? Many times the idea of purpose, I think, sometimes becomes kind of like a duty versus something that what brings me joy, that's really my purpose. Yeah, and I think that's so powerful that sometimes the example of using the women in the jail, those of us who are not in a physical in physical confinement in quote-unquote jail right. often, you know, act as if we are we are, and that everything we do, you know, we're so limited by. But to realize it really is something that is joyful for you, that your purpose really is something that is joyful for you, that you translate into physical action, um, puts a whole different perspective on everything, actually. Yes, yes, indeed. And, you know, to allow our minds to be free even if they're in jail, that's really the extraordinary thing to watch them be able to come and go in terms of their own ability to see their lives clearly regardless of the prison walls because they will have days and weeks where they really are just in the flow of their moment and, you know, at the end of the day they have food, they have a roof over their head and they, you know, have the ability to come to these classes and to do some work and to be impactful in each other's lives and that in and of itself can just be joy-filled, and there are other days where all they can focus on are the prison wall, you know, the fact that they're there, that they can't get out, and that, you know, life is happening without them on the outside world. So it really is also an easy reminder for me that, you know, whatever I'm focusing on is really what my experience is. Yeah, I love that. Hmm. And thinking about purpose, I think, you know, being conscious to having a purpose. Um, you do trainings with corporations, Tracy, and I've done workshops with companies where you try to redefine the mission statement or the purpose statement. We're actually going through that very process with the nonprofits that I work with at the jail. They're going through this extensive strategic planning process, and they've hired this outside consultant, and we sat through a couple of meetings, and they were talking about changing the mission statement and it is really interesting to hear people just really feel passionate about creating a purpose for a company. And, mm-hmm. and how often do we, you know, spend that kind of energy or that kind of interest in creating some sort of personal purpose or personal mission statement? Yeah, not very not mo- not most people most of the time. It's uh and and to me that's that is really interesting because I think it's something I learned to do and I was just now trying to think back to when was the first time that I felt my life you know, I was put here for a purpose. And oh. and you know, I'm just and I can't. I mean it's not coming to me, but I it just hit me. Can I think back to is there a specific time period or phase in my life where I, you know, when was the first time that I really started thinking about I must be here for a purpose consciously? And, you know, was I a teenager? Was I in my 20s, 30s, 40s? When was it? And I can't really, well, the the time, I think I had a sense of that in my teens even, but that is because there was so much going on in the world with the civil rights movement and with, um, you know, all women's rights, civil rights, all that kind of stuff. So I think I had a sense of it, but the time that's really come to me where I became really, really intentional was I was in my mid-30s. 
and getting ready to leave the umbrella of corporate America full-time and start my own business. And I did what you had the women in the jail do to a certain extent because I said, you know, if I'm going to start my own business and I'm going to be responsible for all my own time, then I want to do something important and something I enjoy. I want them to be integrated. And so that got me to really talk to myself about what I felt I was brought here to do and, you know, and, and what do I love to do and how does that show up? And now, you know, having those things in separate lists, where's the overlap that I could build a business around? And, and so, so like, I, I was, that out? Did you write it out? Did you did you just do it mentally? I mean, was there a kind of a process you went through? Well, yeah, there was a big process, and it was written, and it was a process over several months oh, where cool. I would I would make lists, you know, and I I so I didn't do it like all in one setting or one weekend, you know. I would make lists like, what do I most love to do? What am I real? You know, and that'd be a list, and you know, I'd write down whatever came to mind. You know, a week later, I might make another list with the same heading. You know, uh-huh. and after doing that five or six times, look, you know, noticing what comes up every time. You know, what's the same? And then I'd make, I would make lists of um, what am I good at? You know, what have I gotten feedback about uh-huh. that I'm really good at? And then, you know, looking for the overlap between what I love to do and what what I what other people perceive me to do really well. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what what do I want my legacy to be at you know, at the end of my life, which, you know, at different stages of your life you might write different things. But at that point, I you know, what do I want my legacy to be? Because that will influence what I decide to do. And the what I want my legacy to be question, I think, is a lot like what is my purpose? What was I really put here to do? Who was I meant to be? Because at the end of my life, when people talk about me, that's, you know, or, or remember me, that's the legacy. And that's the purpose. So, Isn't yeah, I think, you know, yeah, I think that's in my mid to late 30s was the time when I really, really began to get conscious and intentional about doing about doing the diversity stuff and the team building um, training and helping people really communicate more effectively with people who are different from them. <clears throat> and it's like... Oh, it just started, you know, everything since then has followed that. Right, right. You know, when you used the word legacy, I thought, oh, no, that's too heavy. I can't think about that. I don't want to have to have a legacy. That's way too much pressure. I can't, I can't, I can't decide what my legacy is going to be. But that's really interesting. I guess those words, at the, you know, at the end of the day do have a very similar meaning, just one obviously holds a lot more weight in my mental mind. Yeah, but, I mean, that is, if we are living our purpose, if we are living our purpose, then when we leave this physical form and people remember us, Mm -hmm. that's what the legacy is, whatever it is they're going to remember. And so if you are living a life of purpose, then... You know, I I do know, I mean, people will say a lot of things about me when I pass from this physical plane and remember lots of things, you know, good, bad, and different and otherwise. But there will be a consistent memory or a consistent description of me using, you know, whatever words make sense. Some people will say she was passionate about diversity or she really helped people um, understand different cultures and how they fit into that. But it's going to all be about connections, 
you know, cross-cultural connections, even in the spiritual development and, you know, the the practitioner world, you know, so much of that is about giving you, filling your, helping you fill yourself up with your essential nature so that you can then connect that out into the world and be who you were really meant to be. And that's the connection with, with your inner spiritual truth. Well, go ahead. I mean, that's, that consistency is, it just seem, keeps showing, it has always shown up in my life, even from, you know, when I was a teenager almost. So. Because this is the connection, the connecting diverse thinking and thoughts and people to each other to find the common ground? Is that the... Yeah, and not connecting them in a way that I am the connector, that, you know, I am the glue. It has always been about me. For me, it's always been about helping people take individual responsibility for that or seeing how they can do that for themselves, why they would want to do it and how to do it, you know, which is different than being the connection. Right, you know, right. I'm not the. Don't come to me to to be able <laughs> to communicate. Yeah, I, you know, don't don't come to me to lead the organization. You know, to be head of the organization that takes on the challenge of bridging communication between the black community and the Korean community in Los Angeles. Now, come to me to work with the two leaders of those organizations so that they understand how to communicate one another with one another and respect one another and what individual actions they and their members can take. But don't I'm I'm not the bridge, but I know how to teach people and lead people, guide people to being their own bridge. Right. You teach them how to fish. That's a very good thing. Yeah, I and, you know, like to give people a fish so they're more dependent on me to come back the next time they're hungry. I think that's kind right. Of, that's yeah, and thing. and yeah, and I can go back to high school and see. I mean, you know, some of the leadership roles I play or that I had, it's like, oh, that's what it was training me to do. Yeah, that's interesting, too, in a strange way. I think, you know, some of the women, when they were writing about what makes them smile, what brings them joy, they talked about that very thing that, you know, even in junior high, because many of these women mm-hmm. are so, you know, but they could think back and say, oh, that, you know, I always liked playing with my little brother, and now I just, you know, anytime I'm around kids kind of thing. So they, too, would see that theme, and I think there's something to be said that that's part of that individualized piece of spirit that comes in with us if we stop and think about it. I um, I loved what you said about how people will remember us and what they think about us. And I remember working with a woman who came to therapy because she was so unhappy in her job. And she was in a situation where really financially she couldn't just stop her job. She was a single mom. But she was so happy with her job, and she felt like she was wasting her purpose or wasting her, you know, why she was here on earth. And over time, she could find out that, A, there were little things in her job that she could do. She, I think, I can't really remember specifically, but there was some sort of teaching component or some sort of, you know, wanting to be a mentor to people, uh, help people was kind of what she came to be, uh, came to understand was who she wanted to be. And even though she had a very, you know, um, position where she didn't supervise anybody directly, she could see that when she got out of her own irritation with her job, you know, there was Sally Sue sitting next to her that computer would break down or something and she could help her. And then she was able to find volunteer uh, opportunities where she could absolutely plug into that joy. So her financial um, situation was kind of stagnant for a while because of life and human things that she had to do, but she was able to kind of open up to this idea. I don't have to just fixate on how much I hate my job and it's not fulfilling my purpose, 
okay, where can I find little pieces of my purpose in this job that I hate, and what can I do on the weekends or in the evenings or, you know, even just mentally in my mind, how can I, you know, set out some little niches of time that are really more in line with what I believe my purpose is. Absolutely. And how often is it that we we do get in our own way, we blind ourselves from our our purpose because we get distracted by what seems to be to not be in alignment. Right. And, right. But when we say yes to spirit, we on a regular basis and we're doing our spiritual practice, you know, we get reminded all the time that everything you know, the universe has more wisdom, has infinite wisdom, infinite intelligence, and it's always in right action. So it's it's impossible for me to be in the wrong place. Right. I, you know, I have to be, wherever I am, must be, must be a, a, a stepping stone or a, a purposeful place on the path. Mm-hmm. Toward full, oh, I like that. A purposeful place on the path <laughs> to fulfilling my purpose. <laughs> oh, no, a purpose. Oh, I, okay. You gonna write that down? A purposeful. Boy, say it again. A perf. Uh, yeah, that I won't be writing this down. A purposeful place on my path to fulfilling my purpose. But purposeful at the beginning and purpose at the end are probably a little redundant, but it sure sounded good as it was coming out. Because <laughs> all those P's together. You know, yeah. that is true. A perfect place. A perfect place. Yeah. A perfect. Say a perfect what? A perfect place. A perfect place on the path to fulfilling my purpose. A perfect place on the path. You know, that is such an interesting idea though that everything that I am in the perfect place and I certainly philosophically believe that but this past week I have been in a in a really irritable place and I I think it's really fabulous because it was a full moon and so I could blame the full moon and I tend to do that you know I want to find some external thing well that's why I'm feeling out of sorts um and to think back over the week of irritation <laughs> And the moment mm-hmm. of irritation, and to line that up with the idea that I am in the perfect purpose place on my path of perfection and purpose, and how many P's do we use? But yes, <laughs> to line that kind of thinking up, it's really difficult because how could that be the perfect place if I'm just wanting to poke the eyes out of 64 women in jail? You know, I, I found myself really irritated with their behavior, right? And mm-hmm. certainly not with my behavior, but their behavior, and then I did make amends to them, and I blamed the moon. I said, you know, it's the moon's fault. So I felt good about that. But um, I do believe, as you say, that everything is on that path, even the days of irritation or sadness or bewilderment. You know, it certainly, maybe it's a, you know, half an inch forward on the path that day, and it certainly... Other days, I go five or six feet. Well, what strikes me is uh, since we have said so many times on the show, you know, we do believe that each one of us is always at choice. Yeah. And so I can choose to see where I am and what's going on in my life as either a perfect place on the path to the uh, on the path to my purpose, or I can. Su- choose to see it as a painful place on my path to fulfilling my purpose. Right. I or I could even it, yeah, I could even choose to see it as completely off my path. But that doesn't mean literally I'm off my path. <laughs> right, because you right, it's impossible to be off your path. Impossible. It's really profound, but it's impossible to be off my path. Impossible, yes. That could be it, a bumper sticker. It's impossible to be off your path. That could be mind, a little bit mind warping. It's also, but it's also very reassuring. <laughs> good point. Good point. 
should oh, it's impossible for me to be off my path. So this is craziness right here, right? It feels like craziness, and I clearly must need to go through this craziness or this irritation or this surgery or this, you know, cancer challenge or this pregnancy or, you know, oh, I must need to go through this in order to get the insight, get the information, get the inspiration that I need because I know I'm on my perfect path. Yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a mind kind of turning thought, isn't it? It's, it's <laughs> all these daily challenges as purposeful. And then perhaps once I become more conscious to to this idea of having the choice, then my choices can create a, a, a different experience on my path. It seems to be like jail story day, but there's this young girl, she's 19, and she's looking at quite a large um, prison, sort of, uh, prison term, and she has an amazing attitude in terms of her ability to to see the big picture of how her experience can benefit others. And she actually said this week we do intentions. Every Monday and Friday they come up with intentions for that week. And it's a big thing, like I want to be more spiritual. And then they write three specific ways that they can achieve the intention, like a journal every day about where I see God. I'm going to make a list of three things I'm grateful for. And I'm going to tell one person how I see God in them or something like that is there are three practice steps that are very tangible. And her intention was to become conscious of her, and I don't think she used the word purpose, but conscious of why she's in the world. She probably said um, even when things go not her way. And she said mm-hmm. she had an example of when she, you know, things, you know, and there's just so many ways things can go wrong in jail. And when she said something would not go her way, when she stopped and thought, okay, this is, this is you know, not really as important as I'm making it out to be that girl looking at me a different way or, you know, we make such small things big there. And when she consciously stopped and looked at the situation and compared it against her reason for being, she said the whole thing shifted. And I, I asked her, I said, how long, like, once you consciously had the thought, okay, you know, who am I in the world? What is my what, what am I here for? And then you compared it against this little thing that was happening or this big thing that felt big. How long did it take for it to kind of shift for you internally to being in a more positive space? And she just, she said, immediately. As soon as I became conscious of it, it shifted. And I thought, oh, wow. God, this is not the way it is, you know? Wow. So powerful. Yeah. It really is. That whole consciousness, conscious choice. Should we take a break? We should take a break. Think about purpose and we'll um, come back after a short break. Say Yes to Spirit, encouraging you, actually encouraging me, on my spiritual path. (laughs) It really is so true. I mean, you know, I talk about my weeks on and off, and just the struggles of my week go away when I hear that theme music. (laughs) It does work. 
Yeah, it's weird. It's really weird how it can realign me so quickly to, you know, what I find the most joy in, which is having philosophical, spiritual banter. Banter, that's what we have. We have banter. Banter. (laughs) I've never thought of myself as a banterer. Well, that's pretty much all I do is banter. So if you're engaging with me, you're bantering. I'm bantering. You might be being really philosophically profound, but I'm bantering. I never quite know what I'm going to say. Right, right. But I do know that our purpose is, this is this is a question for you, Tracy Brown. This is what I said at the top of the hour. I was thinking about, at the end of the day, what I believe is that all the whole purpose of the human experience is to remember, reawaken, realign with the truth of who we are, which is God incarnate in the in in flesh. That um, that is just my personal philosophy, and so I have this belief that 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 the idea is to re to reawaken to remember the truth. So we mm-hmm. all have individualized ways of doing that, but at the end of the day, to me. Everybody's purpose is that, and it might be, you know, being a minister, it might be being uh, a mother, it might be being whatever that materializes in human form, the ultimate gig is remembering who we are. And Once we get in that authentic groove, it really doesn't matter how it looks to the world, it emanates this energy that becomes... You know, such, you know, those people, I mean, you know, when I'm in line next to somebody that's a stranger, going back to a past topic, but, you know, I can feel the energy of a stranger and not even understand why, but there's something about them that's just emanating this positive something. Do you have a similar idea that that kind of, that ultimately the game is about that? Ooh, my sister hates it when I call life a game, but okay, go ahead. I think it's a game. <laughs> uh, well, I I agree with you, and I well, I yeah, it it I agree with you, and I, one of the ways that comes through for me is when I find or when any of us you know find the truth, find spirit within ourselves find God, that we recognize our unique and individual reason for being, for lack of another phrase beside purpose. And and so, yeah, we evidence that consistently in everything that we do or in at the way that we live our life. So... Yeah, it, it, that's what the journey is, and that it won't look exactly the same for any one of us, because we've each been created as a unique, as a unique person. Right, and it really doesn't have anything to do externally what we do for a living, or externally, you know, how the life plays out. It's it's an internal thing, I think, and once that internal light bulb or shift. It's well, like see, that that's where we—that's where we disagree. Ah, see, there because you go. Because I think it has—I ev- think it has everything to do. I don't think that what you do for a living necessarily is it, but I think it has everything to do with what we do for a living and how we live our lives. So, so what we do for a living and how we live our lives. Yeah, I—I I, I think that it has every. Thing to do. If I so you gave the example earlier of someone who felt they had a they were clear about their purpose and they hated being in the job they were in because they needed the money they needed to keep the job, but they did not see that as their purpose. And then when they gave up the emotion of I don't want to do this, I don't like to do it, they could see. Oh, but my, if my purpose is to be of service or to be helpful, I can do that wherever I am. Right. And them being and them being in the quote unquote wrong job had to happen for them to truly a- 
identify and express their true purpose. So no matter what you are doing, it's either designed to help you discover or actually express your purpose. And and so I think that what you do, what you are doing in your life absolutely matters and is directly related to your purpose. And that's why we don't all do the same things or choose the same thing. So I don't think it's separate from and I don't think it's um, exclusive from. I think it is actually you can, what you are doing is a reflection of your purpose, a reflection of either your journey to understand your purpose or your purpose itself. What you're doing in the world to make money? Is that what you're to saying? make money or not to make money, but everything you do, everything, including what you do to make money. Because I would say how I do everything has to do with that, but I don't know that I because it's because I can. Yeah, that's interesting. That's a little shift. But I was, you know, mm-hmm. we were, and I get that. I I get that. How I do it reflects my purpose. But the fact that I'm put in that position is the journey to knowing and being my purpose. So mm-hmm. some people might say, "I my purpose is to, let's see if I can think of a hypothetical example really quickly, just in by taking a breath. You want me so to play I could... <laughs> well, no. you think I could. No, okay. No, uh-uh. So um, if my purpose, if I come to know that my purpose is to be a healing presence for oncology patients, Mm. and I really, uh, you know, whatever has happened, I really come to understand that to be, you know, I really was put here to work with healing, but I'm not a doctor and I'm not a nurse, but that's really my biggest thing. So perhaps my job is I am the executive assistant to a, a senior level manager in a corporation. That may not look like my purpose is to heal, but it may be that that's a job, those are skills I have, and I do this job to support myself so in the evenings and on the weekends I can fulfill my direct my purpose directly by volunteering in chemotherapy clinics and, um, you know, or, or volunteering for the American Cancer Society or, you know, working in re- rehab centers with, patients who are recovering from some kind of cancer where they need therapy to relearn, you know, whatever they need to relearn. And so, yes, my job, it's not so much how I do my job as an executive assistant, but I understand that my job is what is providing me, covering my living expenses so I can really express this in the world. And I might write a book about it. I might do all kinds of other things. But I have these skills and talents that are designed to support me on the Maslow's hierarchy of needs, survival, you know, those first two levels so that I can do this. Because your purpose does not mean that that's all you do 24 hours a day or 18 hours a day when you're not asleep. Oh, no, see, that's interesting. Okay, yeah. Because I think maybe I'm thinking about two different levels of purpose because the one purpose of being a person who is impactful with people who have cancer is a purpose and then being fully expressed, being fully awaken to the idea of, you know, being a spiritual being, having a human experience. Maybe that's really not a purpose. Maybe that's more of a, maybe that's something different than purpose. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, neither one of us really knows. We're just (laughs) talking about what we think. And, 
you know, and from and even keeping with that same example, the other piece that came to me is, you know, this person understands that's their purpose and their job. They they joyfully do their job every day because they understand it is what is providing them the flexibility to choose what they do in their evenings and weekends that are that is their purpose. So the job is a part of their the job is supporting their purpose. Oh yeah. See I like that. I like that a lot. The job yeah. is supporting their ability to live in on purpose. And then they're working and they've been this executive assistant to this senior leader for the last ten years. And that senior leader or that senior leader's spouse or partner gets cancer. Yeah, that's when it's just kind of freaky, isn't it, when things like that And then, you know, (laughs) then they're right in that place to provide direct support with experience in doing that to someone they really care about or know well. And they didn't know they were in training to do that, but then it's like, oh, the job absolutely was a perfect path on their way to, on their, a perfect place on their path to fulfilling their purpose because all of their volunteer work on the evenings and weekends put them in a place to serve their purpose with this person they've been working with for 10 years. Yeah, I, uh, I love that. And I do think when I'm in the flow of my design of expression of the truth of all of us that we're God expressing, that things will... You know, the dominoes for a big aha or a big I can't believe the coincidence or I can't believe this seems like a miracle, the dominoes of that moment start to fall months, years before. And if I'm really like you said earlier in terms of if I really trust that this path is exactly where I need to be and if I've just lost my job or lost my best friend or lost my relationship, I fully know that this is a domino falling that ultimately is is preparing me for something that comes from a very different space than, you know, certainly I've gone off the path and fallen into the river and I'm drowning. Can't anyone see? (laughs) This is the worst thing ever. How could this possibly be happening to me? This can't be good. Right. So anytime I find myself in the victim mode, it's an opportunity oh, for victim mode. It's such a warm, fuzzy place, isn't it? Really, the victim mode. Yes, 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 yes. But in, yeah, that gives me the opportunity to um, choose something different and to view, to choose something different. Oh, I'm this is I'm on the roll today. To choose something different and to view the world differently. To view the world differently and to choose something different, it is my choice. And, you know, I would imagine that's part of the purpose of the victim role again and again, kind of bringing our attention Wait, to wait, stop. Wait, yeah. wait, stop. Right. The victim role has a purpose. That is part of the purpose of being in the victim role, really. Okay, sorry, I just had to react to that. I love it. You I love giving that. victimhood a uh, a nobler uh, place to view it from. Continue. Oh, oh yeah. See, no, I think it does. <laughs> you're, you're saying the loss of a job as you know keeps us on the path. There's certain purpose to it. The victim, the victim, because it is a very um, it it forces the outside. We're constantly blaming the outside. Somewhere along the way, somebody surely is going to say, you know, stop. I mean, at some point, that kind of crescendos in into something really dramatic where we then get the message, you know, I am the um, masterful creator of all these, you know, seemingly random and tragic events that keep occurring to me. There, you know, the, that that victim role, I think, does have a purpose now. I'm really committed to it now that I... (laughs) It can be prepared, Tracy Brown. So do I have permission the next time you're a victim 
Yes. Oh, step all in that. Yes, exactly right. Say that. You said that. Well, I. Well, I appreciate you giving me permission, but that is not a two-way street. So if I'm coming from a place of victimhood, I don't have permission. That's great. You do not have permission to bring it to my attention or to remind me. No, I'm just kidding. I would totally expect you to remind me that that is not where I want to live. Yeah, and you know, it's such an eye-opening thing. I swear to you, I just was working with someone earlier this week, a friend that, you know, is totally in that. And she's had a really dramatic example of how this old good friend is taking advantage of her and how the job is taking advantage of her and how this new relationship she's in is taking advantage of her. And it was really interesting to watch her just have this, you know, 15-minute expression and then to ask her the question, well, you know, what does this remind you of? And she clearly got that it's like this childhood thing where she had felt nobody, you know, valued her. Her parents were alcoholics, and she was, you know, totally kind of just neglected and or, you know, used for something else. And it was like this almost mystical moment where she herself got this insight that she had intricately created all the areas in her life to recreate this message that she had gotten, you know, this victim message, that that now she was the creator of it. And that, you know, boy, if you can get there, that's a real point of change. I agree completely. So, um, I'm just thinking. So our theme today is purpose. We've talked about purpose. We've talked about victimhood. We've talked about integration of our purpose with our daily life. But we have not talked about spiritual practices. There we go. Yes. I have a story about spiritual practices. Good, because I didn't have any to share. I just was <laughs> noticing that we have about less than 10 minutes in the show, and we almost always talk about spiritual practices. That's exactly right, exactly right. We have five minutes and 20 seconds, I think, you're almost left. And I think that's uh, really God working through you, Tracy Brown, for me to have a, what do you do when you have like a public admission of fault or something, you know, when you make make a grand statement? You know, remember earlier I was talking about irritation, that I was feeling really irritated a couple of days this week. And those of you who listen to the show hear me talk on and off about having um, coming to meditation at the Center for Spiritual Living in Dallas, has meditation every morning at 7 o'clock, and that um, I am a key bearer for that. So I have to come to that because I have a key, right? So there's several new people that have started coming to that morning meditation that have keys to the church. So that has sort of freed me up, right? You catch the language, freed me up from that burden of having to come to be in meditation every morning at 7 o'clock. And so for two days, I've been taking care of some other people's animals, and I've had to go by and kind of do something ritual with them in the morning before I could get. And for whatever reason I can make up, I missed two days of the meditation. Guess what two days were like I could just every one of those inmates' eyes out, right? Isn't that interesting? And I thought I was doing self-care by not pushing myself and not making myself have only, you know, three hours of sleep and getting it all done and making meditation. I thought I was kind of, you know, let someone else do it. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, that is amazing. I got out of my yeah, it's just, it is amazing, and I, you're right. I'm glad you pointed out the language. Notice the language, the burden of having yeah. to be there every morning yeah. to open. When two years ago, two years ago, you were irritated that it was taking them so long to make a decision about whether or not you could open the center every morning at 7 a.m. for meditation. Right. Oh, it's really, yeah. It's so interesting, and I tell you that spiritual practice, it is un, it, it's un, 
it's undetectable when we're doing it, the importance that it has. It's almost mm-hmm. like after a certain point of getting in the routine of it, it's almost like, you know, there's no great aha moments necessarily through it. But, boy, step out of it and don't do it for a while or a day, 48 hours. <laughs> and I, I definitely got tripped up. So my spiritual practice yeah, is is doing something daily, you know, and I think it can be probably anything, but just having some sort of daily consciousness. Isn't that, I guess that's part of the, and that was a big theme of the show, being conscious and being in a spiritual practice is the point of spiritual practice to bring us back to some sort of conscious acknowledgement of our choices and our relationship with the spirit. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that would be the point of a spiritual practice. Okay, very good. Just, you know, we had... Our conscious we'd... relationship with spirit and our ability to tap into it all the time, almost unconsciously. So it's, for me, it has both the conscious and the unconscious. The conscious practice helps us build the unconscious connection. Oh, I like it. And so when it is more unconscious, then the connection is stronger. When it's just simply is. It doesn't have to be consciously conscious. We're unconsciously conscious. Isn't that some sort of path? Okay, that sounds so deep. (laughs) And that's who I am. I'm a very deep person. Actually, that is true. That is true. Yeah, to become unconsciously conscious. But until then, the spiritual practice allows me to be consciously conscious. And um, if I to have a spiritual practice this week for my purpose, I think I might do the exercise. It's so funny when I'm doing these exercises at the jail with the women, I just kind of watch them work. It never really occurs to me that I might benefit from, you know, participating. <laughs> <in it. laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm way smarter than that, right? So I think that will be my spiritual practice this week just in terms of kind of writing out some things of what brings me joy. How can I be aligned with my purpose more mm-hmm. conscious, more consciously? And writing. I don't write anymore. I don't journal anymore. I stopped doing all of that. I um, really found great joy in that, so I need to 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 recommit to that as a cause. Somehow this is becoming like a therapy session for me. I'm having all these things I'm saying I'll do. Tracy, what are you committing to? I think you have exactly one minute and 54 seconds to commit to a few things. What are you going to commit to this week? Well, not because you just said what you said about journaling or writing, but before you said that, I was thinking this week as I journal um, that I would be focusing on, I I am already doing a period of time where I'm focusing on what the vision for my next phase, you know, the next phase of my life. And so as I am journaling about my vision for the next phase of my life um, to also be very intentional about seeing where the overlaps are with my purpose, how I'm maybe even instead of phrasing it as journaling for the next, my vision for the next phase of my life, maybe starting to think about that this week as visioning for how I unfold, further unfold in within my purpose. Oh, see that yeah, I love that. You continuing on, but deepening to the next stage. Yeah, what's what's the next level? I like that. What's the next expression? It's not levels like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. But what's the next expression? Mm-hmm. Isn't that funny? I'm really comfortable with levels because that means that makes it seem like you're smarter or better now than you were before. You know, I'm all about wanting to be smarter or better. So that's good. It's just a different All right. Well, I think that does it for this week's show. And um, I like that we both have things we're doing, Tracy Brown, so we'll check in how we did. 
on our great. commitment. Have a great day, and remember to say yes. Say yes to spirit. spirit. best-reviewed movie of Christmas with an incredible 93% fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. The perfect blend of action, heart, and humor. Not just a great Transformers movie, a great movie, period. Bumblebee, now playing. Rated PG-13.